Hello, I'm Lonnie Nunziata, a senior at SMU studying corporate communication and public affairs, journalism, and fashion media. Welcome to Hello Hilltop. Today, I have the honor of interviewing the one and only Marissa Mast. The Buffalo native graduated from SMU in 2011 with a major in convergence journalism and minors in both Spanish and corporate communication and public affairs. Marissa has spent the last decade working in the entertainment industry and sports industry. She's currently the vice president of social media and brand strategy for the NHL's very own, the Arizona Coyotes. I'm so thrilled for y'all to hear our conversation today. We're talking everything from her time at SMU to changing careers, even to how to make your application stand out. I hope y'all enjoy. Hi, Marissa. Welcome to Hello Hilltop. Hi, thanks for having me. So I wanted to kick things off by starting off from your beginning. Your post-grad life has been spent primarily on the West Coast, but you're originally from Buffalo, New York. How did growing up in upstate New York shape you into the person you are today? I love that question. Um, I feel like growing up, I grew up in the suburbs of Buffalo and it was such an idyllic place to grow up. But I do think um, I credit a lot of working in sports today from growing up in such a sports crazed city. So I only grew up having NFL and NHL teams, like unlike Dallas, where they have all of the teams. Um, we only had hockey and football. And so a lot of people always ask like how I got into hockey. And I just kind of grew up in a city that was so close to Canada and even like high school school hockey was a big deal. The Sabres obviously um, were a big deal, especially when I was growing up and just kind of always loved how fast paced hockey was. And so we'll get into it a little bit more later, but I think, you know, when I first covered Sochi, I was able to cover hockey on social media. I just realized how much I love covering the game. And that definitely stemmed, I think, from growing up in Buffalo. Mm -hmm. So if you loved living in Buffalo so much, what made you want to attend school in Dallas? Yeah, I feel like I always wanted to go away for college. Um, I had older siblings that both went to school in the Boston area. And so they went away first. Um, and then I actually had a family friend go to SMU. And once I visited, I was just fell in love with the campus like so many other people do. But also I remember my dad pointing out how everyone on the SMU campus seemed so happy to be there. And like, it's just such a pleasant place. Um, and then actually when I toured the journalism schools, probably when I really fell in love with it. And mm-hmm. I'm so happy. I still say to this day, it was like the best decision I ever made. So kind of piggybacking off of that, what was your experience like at SMU? Like, were you part of any clubs or organizations? And um, I know you kind of mentioned this briefly, but what also influenced you to major in journalism? Yeah. So at SMU, I was super involved in journalism, but I also played club lacrosse, which I loved. I felt like I got to meet so many awesome girls, um, especially from like the Northeast and Midwest area, where I think when I first moved to SMU, it seemed like really overwhelmingly Southern or Californian and lacrosse was like a great outlet because it was full of so many girls from Connecticut and Chicago. Um, and then I also was in a sorority. I was in Tridel, which I loved to this day. Still feel like my best friends are from there. Um, and also I'm actually 
ironically in wedding for friends that weren't that were kappas or other sororities so i think that's something that people don't realize is that you can have friends not just in your sorority and especially like freshman year that can seem really overwhelming but i'm in a wedding this summer for one of my best friends who was a kappa her her twin sister were both kappas um so i think you know my friendships from smu still mean everything to me i actually after college when i had my first job in la lived with my college roommate and we still talk every day so that's the great. friendships like yeah the friendships that are from SMU are the best we just had our 10-year reunion and we all went back girlfriends guy friends we had so much fun and oh, fun yeah it makes you realize how lucky you are to have gone to SMU and the mm-hmm. friendships and the relationships you get are really so meaningful and I wish everyone could have the college experience that I had oh that's great so so kind of also too what influenced you to want to major in journalism Yes. So I always just loved um, the art of storytelling. And I think when I first majored in journalism, obviously, like I was 17 when I went to college. So I was so young. And I think I always thought I'd go into either broadcast journalism or magazine journalism, because that's really what you thought of um, back then was like print or broadcast, pick one. And I actually really liked both. Um, And then I actually majored in convergence journalism at the time, which Mm -hmm. meant you did a lot. So you did broadcast classes, you did print classes, you did a digital journalism class where you learned more about web and photojournalism. Mm-hmm. And from there, I actually had my first, or I had a um, internship at The View in New York City. And that's really when I fell in love more with the broadcast side, but not just like on air, but the production side and mm-hmm. really the storytelling part to it. Um, and so journalism to me was just something I always favorite. I loved English classes in high school. I love writing. Um, my brain definitely works more on the creative writing side than like the math or science or analytical side. But yeah, so that's kind of how I fell in love with journalism. And then internships definitely helped, I think, pave my path for just seeing like all the other careers that are out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when you're younger, you don't realize how many careers there really are. And that's how, kind of how I got started was um, my first internship. That's great. So kind of talking more a little bit about The View, after you worked at The View, were you like very gung-ho, like I want to go into either doing production or broadcast because your next job at E was a little bit different than The View from my understanding. Yeah. So I more was just like, okay, I love entertainment journalism. Like I love that it's not the hard hitting news. I love that it can just like brighten people's day. Mm -hmm. And so from there, I really looked at jobs in New York, LA and Nashville and kind of more focused on entertainment, music. Mm -hmm. I didn't even think to look into sports, which I probably should have because I love working in sports today. Um, But so from there, E obviously came up as a big one and LA in general, just for everything entertainment. And so that's kind of how I got started there. And then really, I was just looking at the time for anything with coordinator in the title or assistant. So I was just trying to find entry level jobs that I could apply to. (laughs) And at that point, I decided like I didn't want to go the broadcast route. I wanted to do 
um, more of the creative behind the scenes. And so that's when I applied to this job that was at the time called new media. And I remember, um, part of the reason why I think I got the job was that your weekend for this role, cause e-news is 24 seven news coverage. Mm-hmm. So your weekend, your hours for this role, um, had your weekend being Tuesday, Wednesday, and my hours were two to 11. So I was like, no one wants this job. And I honestly think just like very little amount of people applied to it. And that's probably why I got it. Um, uh-huh. cause I was right out of college. It's not like I really had much experience at all, but I'm so happy I went for it because I actually only had those hours for six months and then somebody rotated and I ended up having a, a Monday through Friday. So it was six months of giving up a weekend, uh-huh. which I would have done anything at that point to have my first job be like it was a dream come true. And so um, definitely recommend when you are applying for jobs, just looking like, you know, try be willing to do what others won't and trying to find jobs that might not be, you know, your ideal hours or your ideal city, but it can be your stepping stone to being that. And that's exactly what that first role was for me. And mm-hmm. that's really what exposed me to the world we live in now. So it was kind of yeah. an interesting time looking back where things were going digital. Um, Social was still not there yet. This is 2011, but things were going very heavy digital. People were launching Mm -hmm. apps, things like that. And that's kind of was just really good timing at E for what they were doing. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that's some really great advice, you know, sharing with everyone that we should want to try to do things that people don't want to do because a lot of times that's kind of how you get your foot in the door and move your way up kind of segues into my next question was I'm a graduating senior and I look at someone like you who gets this incredible job at E and I honestly I I think it's so fascinating I think it's I'm jealous I think it's so cool and I'm like why would she leave so soon she was there for only a few years but then again I also noticed that maybe you weren't moving up as much in the company so as a young professional trying to establish yourself when is the right time, do you think, to leave your job? Or like more specifically, I guess, how did you know it was the right time to leave E when you did? Yeah, no, that's a great question. And I think the growth part, I actually was just talking about this today to one of my coworkers, but at E, growth is usually, because it's such a great company, so many people don't want to leave. So a lot of times growth isn't really dependent on how much you're performing or things like that. It's more on like waiting for someone to either leave companies or have there be a shakeup for you to get to the next step. And actually two of my bosses are still there. So I don't know if I, I probably would have had to leave departments, mm-hmm. um, but I wouldn't have their jobs. That's just the truth. So that's like really interesting the way to look at it. And so mm-hmm. I had been there for two to three or I've been there for three years. And while I was there, I actually always had a passion for sports and sports social media was really starting to take off. And so while I was there, I freelanced for the United States Olympic Committee. So it was literally $10 an hour and I was mm-hmm. mainly covering like nights and weekends and of trials. And so from there, I was like, wow, I really love sports. And I started to look into sports. But what really happened, the reason I left when I did was that my director of marketing for the United States Olympic Committee went on to become the chief marketing officer of the Coyotes. And he called me and was like, hey, no one's doing social media for the team. It's really just a PR team right now. Would you be interested in this role? And I remember at the time I was like, oh, it's okay. Like, I really love LA. Like I'm living with my college roommate. We're having a great time. And he was like, just come out for a game. And if you're still not convinced, and that's totally fine. Like I would never force it. 
And so I went out for a game and really saw like how much opportunity there was in the growth opportunity for sure. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to do it for a year. If I don't like it, I'll go back to LA. Mm-hmm. And it's just been the opposite of my experience at E, where I was the first ever social media manager here. Social media, like so many people at the time were like, social media is a fad. It won't last for long. And now look at it. Um, snowballed into so much more work. And I've been able to move up from a manager to a senior manager to a director to a senior director. And now I'm a VP overseeing mm-hmm. social media and brand strategy. So also like brand partnerships, influencer marketing. It's like, I've been able to wear so many hats on a small mm-hmm. team, which is awesome. It's been an incredible experience. And so the timing was really just that I got this call that was basically like now or never, like I didn't even apply for mm-hmm. this job. So it's so interesting. And that's why I think I really stress relationships when it comes to careers is that mm-hmm. like this one was never even posted online. And that's, what's really interesting about it. Yeah. I, I also kind of want to ask, I think this is interesting because you went from when you're a journalist or when you, at least when you're working at E online, you're operating more as like a storyteller. But when you went to be the manager of their social media over at the Arizona Coyotes, you kind of became the voice of the brand via social mm-hmm. media. So how did you make that transition from being storyteller to being the voice? Yes. I mean, I think so when sports social media, like when I started, it was almost more like a reporting role. Like it was almost more like covering practice, covering games. Like I had a lot of reporting to it. Mm-hmm. And I think social media has developed now more into the brand voice you see today. Mm-hmm, um, so it was more of like a slow process, but we still actually, our social media teams made up of all where we're all journalism majors. And so we definitely take like a really strong storytelling approach to social. And we try to really, you know, tell the story of the day, tell this team story, tell the brand story beyond the ice, not just what we're doing as a team. But I feel like I use so much of my journalism background when it comes to social. And yes, it's turned into a lot more of like the strategy side, analytics, all of that, like beyond just you know, getting to report on a live event, but I still use, I feel like the transition was actually pretty seamless because I still feel like I'm just telling the brand story just on a different, a different medium. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what does your responsibility look like now in comparison to then? So when I started at the Coyotes or at, yes, when you started at the Coyotes. Yeah, it's just, I think like I mentioned, social just snowballed into so much more work that like, you know, now we're on TikTok, like platform adaption and platform strategy is huge. So when I started, it was mainly Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We weren't on Snapchat yet. We launched Snapchat. We've launched TikTok. Um, We have a LinkedIn presence. Mm -hmm. So constantly evolving more platforms, different strategy for each of them. Um, And then additionally, brand partnerships. So now so many of our brand partners want to be on our social media. So creating Mm -hmm. the right assets for that. Now players want to post more on social media. So helping them with their social strategy and then also influencer marketing. So having influencers out to game, getting them to post Mm -hmm. about it for, you know, to get our social in the eyes of new people, having new, reaching new audiences. So yeah, it's kind of um, just continues like snowballing, just it gets yeah. bigger and bigger and more platforms, more potential. And then um, when I started 
we weren't doing any social media ads. And now that's a huge part of our ticket sales strategy. We're even right now just testing running ads on Pinterest. So uh-huh. we've run ads on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and now we're looking into Pinterest. So every day you like wake up and there's more to do. And I think that's what makes it really exciting. Yeah. I, I want to circle back to you because I thought that was really interesting what you said about the um, about having influencers work with you guys. And so in 2018, I thought it was really unique that you started the NHL's first influencer program because I've never heard of anything like that before. I didn't even know influencers went like to sporting events to like to be sponsors for the events, I guess. Uh, so I kind of want to talk a little bit more about that. What was the purpose behind it and has it been successful? Yes. Yeah. So we launched it pretty early on and it was because again, we were trying to reach new audiences and, um, as part of it. So one of the coolest things about working in sports is that you have access to tickets and free parking and things like that. And so we actually started it in just in trade. And so we were gifting people free tickets and free merch and free parking. And in exchange, we asked, I think for one in feed post and three Instagram stories. And usually people went above and beyond on it um and if they were active on other platforms we asked we asked them to share more but share there too but it was more about instagram and so we would just work with different influencers in the area and then we ended up working with an agency in town and they would help vet the influencers and then do all all like the kind of paperwork in the back and forth and again still just via trade and now we actually have like put money in our budget to like have an actual influencer marketing budget. So some influencers will only work for money dependent, like not just for trade. Mm-hmm. And so it's, that's also, you know, developed and evolved and it's a great outlet and we're able to then see the total impressions and the engagement and mm-hmm. see what kind of, um, and what kind of audiences we're reaching through each influencer. And so yeah. it's been awesome for our brand and especially for hockey because we always say hockey is so much better in person and up close. And mm-hmm. so that when we have people share that via social, it helps because it's a better experience than just seeing it on the TV. Yeah. Have, have other NHL teams taken a, a similar approach? Yeah, I know other teams have and the league in general has, like especially around playoffs, they have influencers out to games, which is awesome. That's, that's so interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you'll see like NFL teams do it. I actually think the NFL as a league has like a whole influencer marketing team. So oh, wow. again, all these jobs that like didn't exist when you went to, when you first started SMU that now are out there. It's incredible. Yeah. No, it definitely is. Okay, so kind of segueing. Um, so I, like I've mentioned, you've been working in social media really since it's early days. However, I found your story with the Coyotes to be something special because you've been a part of the team, the social media team since its inception. And so in your opinion and from your experience, as the industry continues to grow and evolve, what do you think the relationship between sports teams and social media will look like in the coming years? Oh, I love that question. I think it's going to only continue to evolve. And I think, you know, we might see certain platforms thrive and others start to, you know, drift away. But I think that people will always be looking to connect with people via social media. And so that's what I think is like the best part about social is that like, it was meant to be social. And so the, 
the opportunity to engage with fans is incredible. And I think as we're seeing, like there's even more and more um, competition for entertainment now. So whether you want to go to a concert or a game, or you want to watch Netflix or a game, or you want to go have a drink on a patio or go to a game, like there's even more competition for entertainment. And that's why I think social media is so helpful. And it's going to be such a powerful tool because it reminds people of like, Oh, there's a game tonight or there's a game on Friday or whoa, this goal was so cool. I didn't realize they were doing so well this year. Let's go to a game. Like it gives you the opportunity to really meet fans right on their phone, like right in the palm of their hand. And I think, well, as we continue to see like more and more generations that didn't maybe grow up going to a game might then want to come to a game because they saw a TikTok. And so a big part for us is trying to reach Gen Z, trying to reach more females and trying to reach Latino audiences in Arizona. And so we're doing that via social media. And we actually launched um, an entire Los Yotes channels so that we can reach our Hispanic audience via those social media pages. Oh, wow. That's great. And so again, like it just evolves so much. Like now even like team sports shops have social channels. Like it's not just the team. There's Mm -hmm. mascots on social media. Like it's really incredible. That is so I think for people that are listen, listening that are in my age group and about to start applying for jobs or seeking jobs currently, what are some things that employers are looking for? I think honestly, like people always want to know no matter where you're applying, like how you can help them like right away. And so trying to differentiate yourself is super important. Um, experience is awesome. So I always like tell students, like if you didn't intern because you were busy with all of your other activities or you didn't have a car in college like it's not too late to do like an internship after college and use that summer to really get experience in the field you want to go in rather than just being like oh well I'm just gonna take this PR job because it's safe like if there's an actual like social one you really want or a digital journalism one you really want like don't feel like you can't get internship experience still right after college um and then I think in general, like you guys really do have such superpowers as like younger generations. So sharing that in the interview process of like how you could help that brand reach younger generations, every brand wants to do that. And that's like, Mm -hmm. you know, just you speaking your native language. And then also I think you're seeing more and more of like specific skill sets. So whether it's Photoshop or video, working on those things can always help differentiate you too. Mm-hmm. But um, someone gave me the advice when I was a senior to like start looking at job descriptions for jobs you'd want. So if it's social media coordinator or PR assistant, whatever field you want to go into, start looking at those job descriptions. And if they keep saying like, you know, needs Photoshop or needs influencer marketing experience, like then start getting that experience um, mm-hmm. before it's time to apply. And you're like, wait, I don't fit the bill for any of these. Mm-hmm. Do you think that it's Um, also important for students that want to go into social media to incorporate their e-portfolios, how they use their social medias? Yeah. I mean, I think that's definitely super helpful and you can showcase a lot. Um, Especially like I was talking to my friend who does social media for the chargers and she was like, sometimes I even go in and see what tweets they've recently liked because that like tells me where they live in the internet and like what media do they consume? So I think, People definitely will look 
at your personal channels. And if you can use that to like further your case for the job, absolutely do it. And I remember when I was applying for the Olympics job, I was constantly like tweeting updates about the Olympics or sponsors or like showing what a passion it was because it was a passion of mine. Like I wasn't faking it, but I wanted Mm -hmm. to showcase that knowing at the time that they were probably going to go to my Twitter. Mm -hmm. As far as you, uh, what's next for you? Do you have any side projects you're working on or any career goals that you're working towards? I love that question. I think, um, you know, social media, the craziest thing is like, you almost can't answer the where do you see yourself in five years question because we can't predict like how social is going to change. Um, I think for me, I love being in sports and entertainment. Like I love, I always say like, I love being in the memory making business. I think so many of your favorite memories are either at sports games or concerts or watching a series, a TV series with your college roommates or your mom when you were younger. And so I will definitely try to stay in sports and entertainment in some way. Um, I also love social and that you get to really bridge communities together, bring audiences together. And so I think I'll just have to see where that develops and where that goes, but I'm always open. Um, I think you just have to, I always give the advice that like, you should always take calls. You should always be open. And if you're lucky enough to stay with one organization and grow there, you should. But if you feel like you get to a point where it's time for a new opportunity, then that works too. Um, eventually, like I never thought there'd be a VP of social media and brand role. And they're saying now that like the social media manager of today is the chief marketing officer or the chief brand officer of tomorrow, because we really do have a pulse on what the audience is saying and what fans are saying. And so we'll see where it goes. I do love um, on the side to like help athletes with their social media and help get more people just feeling comfortable on the platforms. I think sometimes, especially over recent years, social media can become a negative space. So then you can help people find like the positive and social is really important to me. Um, I really liked what you said about being in the memory making business. I liked that. Yeah, um, that's, how, that's how I feel though. And that's like what I remind myself, like when it's a Saturday night and we have a game, I'm like, oh, I don't have to go to work. I get to go to an NHL game. And so many people are probably so excited to be here with their family or friends. And some people save all year to go to a game, which is something to like really think about. And that could be like, I always say like, that's our office. That's our Saturday night. No, yeah, I, I think that's great. Because I, I think, you know, at the end of the day, social media was intended to connect everyone with, you know, family that may be far away. You go to a sporting event, you may go with your family and then you can use social media and you get to post it out for all your family to see. And I just really like that. Yeah, I know. Um, To wrap things up, um, I'd just like to ask one fun question. So if you could use only one social media platform for the rest of your life, which one would you choose and why? Gosh, that's so hard because I personally love Twitter, mm-hmm. but I feel like if I could only use one for the rest of my life, it'd probably have to be Instagram only because that's what the majority of my family and friends are on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think going back to being a journalism student, like I love Twitter. I love the quick news updates. I love that it's not aesthetic based. It's more word based. Um, and so, and like storytelling based. So I mm-hmm. personally, like my favorite platform is Twitter, but if I could only have one for the rest of my life, I would have to choose Instagram because that's where the majority of my family and friends are. And that's probably more important than getting world news. Um, but yeah, so I think I would choose Instagram. Would you say that, um, Instagram is your biggest platform for the coyotes? 
Yeah, I'd say so. Um, I think, well, Twitter's so important to sports too. So mm-hmm. it's hard to say, but Instagram, they're kind of all important for different reasons. Like we run the majority of our ads through Facebook and Instagram, but then Twitter is probably where we post the most frequently. And then TikTok's our fastest growing platform. So our growth there is incredible. So like, mm-hmm. it's hard to really pick one because we're almost talking to different audiences on each of them. And Twitter is a lot more of like our hardcore fans where Instagram's like a great opportunity to reach like our fans and waiting. Okay. Oh, well, on that note, um, I just want to say thank you again so much, Marissa, for joining me on today's episode. You have a really impressive story and you've offered such wonderful insight and advice. So thank you so much. Yeah, of course. SMU really is such a special place. And I think we all feel so lucky that we got to go there. And I hope you guys just soak up every minute of being there because there are so many days, even today, where I just like miss walking the campus. And like, I remember when I first moved to LA, I'm like, oh, I really took for granted like what my commute was in college, like walking from <laughs> my apartment on Rosedale to mm-hmm. beautiful SMU. Like, every moment is just, it's a really special place. And you guys are lucky to be there. Yeah, we definitely are. I had such a fun time chatting with Marissa today. What an honor it was to speak with such an engaging and successful SMU alum. You can find Marissa on Twitter at Marissa underscore mast or at Arizona Coyotes. While you're browsing your socials, make sure you check us out on Facebook at SMU Hello Hilltop. In the meantime, go ahead and check out similar episodes over on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts by searching SMU Hello Hilltop. Until next time, I'm Lonnie Nunziata, and thank you for listening to today's episode of Hello Hilltop. Have a wonderful day and pony up.